Holy crap. A new introduction to the podcast. But for real, though, the rest of it will come after this. I just want to thank you guys. Um, all the five-star ratings that we're getting on all the podcast apps is awesome. And I appreciate it when I hear people telling me that someone else told them about the podcast. So you guys rock. Uh, listen to the commercials or skip by them. It's cool. And your episode's on its way. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws... Well, they both look pretty badass, and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at AssaultLimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 eqip.com a3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion a lip balm a hair conditioner honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3 eqip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. Oh, there we go. Now the record button worked. Got a little fat fingered there. Um, we are back. We got to finish this. Uh, we got to finish this. Think for yourself trifecta up today. If I'm gonna fucking rush through if we have to, but. Before we jump into that, you got anything from last week, man? No, I am good to go. Ready. It's uh I got myself a nice little uh got myself a nice little uh Horizon Fitness spin bike, thanks to uh thanks to a friend of mine. <laughs> and uh loving that thing. The entire family is 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 Spinning. just killing on that thing. It, you know, it's nice. I, I was talking to a friend of ours and I'm like, he's like, Yeah, you're gonna make a nice little workout area in your basement. I'm like, no, bro. Like, I'm thinking about getting rid of the fucking couch and we're gonna have a spin bike, we're gonna have a, a row machine, we're gonna have a treadmill right in the in the living room. And if you wanna, you know, if you wanna hang out and watch TV or watch a movie or something, you gotta be moving your ass. And he was like dumbfounded by the idea that I would like get rid of our lazy sitting area in our living room. Oh, you're one step uh, closer to that uh, exercise party. See, just it takes <laughs> baby steps, man. That's what he said. He's like, well, what about when you have people over? I'm like, I don't think I'm fucking walk on a treadmill. 
it's not like it's the only, it's not like you got to sit how many people literally sit on a couch when you have people over anyways right you know other than like opening christmas presents and taking a nap you could still have a little nap spot there you go man I don't know, yeah, party next summer that uh that that sprint eight on that on that horizon bike is uh is a little different than the bike at the gym i uh if you guys have never done a sprint eight it's uh it's like a two minute three minute warm up and then eight rounds of thirty seconds as hard as you can go and then a minute and a half off uh just a light light spin or light run or light jog whatever you want to do and uh, the the cool thing about those bikes is is they adjust the resistance for you. And they give you a, a score on each round. So on the uh, <clears throat> on the commercial bikes, my scores are usually like 100 to 160, which is uh, you know adds up to let's say after eight rounds somewhere around a thousand to twelve hundred. And on yeah. this damn this damn Horizon bike, they are they are not that easy, I guess, because my scores are like 60 to 80. So when I got done, I'm like, well, that ain't. That doesn't correlate with what I'm used to, <laughs> but I did almost die, so that was fun. That's good. Let's awesome, man. let's jump in. Um, next on the list is relationships. People enter relationships or stay in relationships due to societal expectations, family pressure, fear of being alone, and you know fear of hurting someone, rather than because they generally want, uh, not generally, genuinely want to be in that relationship. I mean, I know. This is especially prevalent today because of, you know, marriage and financial dependence and houses and not being able to move out, not being able to take care of yourself, right? Like, how many people do we see that with? Right. So, I think this society is now built on dual income. Pretty tough to do single income. You know that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not easy, and especially when... You know, when you have a, a a pair of people who are ma- together, you know, make a good team, but maybe they're just, you know, how many people do you know that just they're they're good together, but maybe they're not the best for each other? You know, I think we know a lot of people like that where no. expound on that he, not where the best for each other, where, you know, maybe he's growth minded and she's not or she's growth minded and he's not. Or, you know, maybe who who she was 10 years ago was perfect for who he is now, but yeah. she has changed, right? She's evolved. She's grown. She's become, you know, a totally different person in 10 years, and he's still the same guy he was 10 years ago. Or vice versa with, you know, him versus her. Or um, yeah. maybe, maybe he, want, you know, he wants something else out of life that she doesn't want. He wants to go live in the fucking woods and not see people and she likes being in the city or he wants to move to, you know, fucking Montana and she wants to stay in Wisconsin. You know, there's so many different things where it's like life is making compromises and it's making sacrifices. But for the majority of evolution, human beings would pair bond long enough to bring a child up to, a you know, slight independence age which i don't know in the research what that what they consider that age but i mean for thousands and thousands of years when women got their period they were starting to have babies so let's say 14 years old was 14 to 16 years old was a, was an adult right yeah um so you figure maybe maybe humans pair bonded for f- 5 to 7 years and then males would move on and pair bond with another female and spread his DNA through another lineage 
and another five to seven years later, um, we were not, we did not evolve to be lifetime mating monogamous creatures. We just didn't. There's nothing in the history, nothing in the literature that shows that we pair bonded for life. We were, it, it was more likely it was, it was what, what in the science they call phonogamy, which is monogamy kinda basically is what it is. And men would all be kind of similar with this. And then women had two different ways to um, grab resources between, uh, between men. They would pair bond very tightly to one man and take as much of his resources as, as she could, or she would um, pair bond to many men and get resources from each one of them and try to better her state in the tribe, in the world, and her children's ability to survive through many different men. Basically, what, what throughout history, throughout the evolutionary science, they call the, the Madonna and the whore is the two different ways that women tried to grab resources. Whereas men, it was all about spreading their seed. You ever wonder why a woman can have one baby every nine months and a man could literally father um, a baby every day? Uh, yeah. It's look, because, look at the Genghis Khan example. Exactly. And, and, and that is, um, likely how we, how we evolved. It doesn't mean it's right. Just, just knowing that that's part of your evolution and part of your DNA, right? It makes it easier to deal with and gives it less power. But if you kind of, if, if you're under this false assumption that we evolved to be, you know, lifetime monogamous creatures, and then you think there's something wrong with you because you are lusting after different people or you're you're not in love with the person that you were five to seven, ten years ago. Um, it makes it easier when you know you're normal and you're able it's it's just like with food, right? Like I know why I want to eat five donuts in a fucking row. It doesn't mean I eat five donuts in a row. It just means I understand why and it makes it easier. I know I'm not broken. I know there's not something wrong with me that makes me want to eat donuts and cake and candy and stuff like that. That makes sense? Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, going back to, I think the initial point was what relationships where people are good together, but just not good together. Yeah. What you're saying. I mean, I, I can definitely see that. I mean, especially here in the U.S. is there's a lot of people that get together because it's fun and they, you know, do things together and, and can do it easily. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty of, you know, are your goals aligned or are you grow, have a growth mindset and I'd see that happen a lot where you know once you get down to the nitty-gritty people don't really match up and causes a lot of problems yeah I mean so there there's a few different things not to get in and and completely change this podcast to a, a love and relationship podcast which we could definitely do another one of but um a few of the very very forefront um evolutionary psychologists and um, scientific researchers that I've listened to talk about this type of stuff. Um, I, I got I can't remember the woman's Dr. name. Dr. Ruth? No, no, this is way <laughs> above Dr. Ruth. This is she like dead. Uh, she might be, you should look that up. I know we got to get her as a guest then if she's not. There are, there's likely three different um, portions of the brain or, or I guess, uh, mechanisms of the brain that when it comes to loving relationships, there is the uh, physical attraction part of the brain. There is the long-term um, pair bond part of the brain. And then there is the emotional connection part of the brain. And 
new in a relationship, you have that, what 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 do they call it? They call it the honeymoon stage, yeah. right? Yep. Where all of those things are perfectly in line. Um, you are physically attracted, you are emotionally connected, and you are um, trading all of the brain chemicals like oxytocin that make a a emotional connection, long-term emotional connection. And what happens is, is as the hormones start to wane and your brain becomes used to this person, you go from the new kind of novel um, portion of the relationship where you were likely to completely ignore the negatives of the other person. You probably didn't even see things that they did that bothered you. And then all of a sudden you start to come back to reality. And in that portion of the relationship, it usually takes two turns. You either create a lasting long-term pair bond and you both are on the same page and you build long-term respect and you love that person, um, I guess, deeply and wholly versus that kind of false spiked love that you had in the beginning, or you lose the emotional connection um, and only one or two of those parts of the brain are still active. Maybe you're still sexually attracted to that person because she's hot as shit, but you realize that she is not growth minded and she's kind of dumb and has no goals or you realize that maybe she doesn't take the best care of herself and her goals are not aligned with yours, but she's super fun to hang out with, right? There's all these different things that happen. And part of what is imperative on making that long-term pair bond that lasts for years and years and years and years is your, uh, your, your similarities, your differences, and novel experiences together. So do you have the right amount of similarities that you guys have a lot, have enough in common to share, but you're different enough that you balance each other out in your weaknesses? And do you have a lot of exciting novel experiences together? Because realistically, a relationship is a sexual attraction an emotional attraction and a friendship, right? And yeah. the friendship part of that is based on doing things together and having novel experiences together. So if you have that sexual attraction and that emotional attraction, but you guys are never um, experiencing new things in life together, you're going to get bored. Now yeah. we have this thing called um, marriage, which for, the majority of the history of marriage, marriage was literally only a uh, financial contract to bring resources together from different families and to create a lineage of handing those resources down to keep money, land, slaves, all this shit together, right? Mm -hmm. Marriage was, was, was really never about... Um, two people being in love and creating a household until the 20th century, partially due to the Catholic church and partially due to the ability to sell marriage licenses. And that's where the history of marriage came from. It was kind of a multi-pronged effort from the state 
to be able to sell marriage licenses and create a financial benefit to marriage. And then the um, Catholic Church and the idea behind most Christianity of the one woman, one man um, partnership, which really is beneficial to the family, you know, for long term because you are keeping your um, genes going through multiple generations and she is able to access your resources. But the cool thing about today is now we live in an amazing time when your basically your lifestyle is only limited by your mentality and your ability to be creative. Um, so there are people all over the world living in three person pair bonded. They are completely marriage financially dependent on each other, but they both date other people. There are people that live and graze family families completely separate and are completely cordial and know that they're better off separate, right? Like we don't need in today's world to live together, merge finances. She doesn't need his uh, financial benefit. He doesn't need her to take care of the household. There's just so many different things that it's kind of like if you look at travel, right? For thousands of years, you were basically, it was you or you and a horse or you and a horse and a wagon, right? Now we have a bicycle, a scooter, rollerblades, cars, trucks, airplanes, like the ability to get from point A to point B is exponentially better. And the ability to live a life true to yourself and to thrive is exponentially better. We just got really deep into that without ever talking about what we've been to talk about. Yeah, that's pretty deep. <clears throat> so, oh uh, man, uh, let me simplify that. Uh, is the scientific backing of the hot and crazy matrix. Oh, this is definitely, this is accurate. <laughs> Super accurate. <laughs> well, everybody, we've, we've talked about the hot and crazy matrix before, right? Yes. So, <laughs> I don't know, that's really hot and crazy, or uh, scientific, but um, I don't know, do we want to go through that? Lovely spiel. I mean, you may as well tell them. You already mentioned it, so you may as well may as well take a second to just explain it, since we are on audio and nobody is able to see <laughs> to what see the it. hot crazy matrix is. Oh well, basically, it's a. Uh, I love the way it's titled is feminology, the hot and crazy matrix. It's just that you just have to understand you're never going to um, figure out women. So it's. Oh, uh, what do we? How do I explain this without having the visual here? So you have on one axis is the level of hotness, right? And let's say that's a horizontal axis. And then you have the vertical axis is crazy. Okay? Yep. And you're going 0 to 10 since we all like the uh, the 10-point scale. And so uh, if you're drawing a 45-degree line from 0 point to 10, and you're going to split this into the zone so if you think about it everything from 0 to 10 on the crazy side and 0 to 5 on the hot side is the no-go zone means stay away because they're just freaking crazy 
and they're not hot. So everything from five to 10 on the hot scale and about roughly five to 10 on the crazy scale is territory you wanna be in. So five to eight on the hot scale is the fun zone. These are the girls you just want to have fun with and you don't want to marry. So eight to 10, eight to 10 with a below five crazy is where you want to settle down and possibly, possibly get married. And uh, anything that falls in that line that's, that's worthy of being married is generally what the, the unicorn. Yep. And if you find a 10, with a zero crazy, um, that doesn't exist. <laughs> what does he say? Uh, that's a dude. That's a dude. <laughs> All right, zero to, crazy, ten hot, dude. To be fair, right? So I want to, I want to put something. I want to interject something in there because I saw something. This probably been two months ago, but it was funny. And for for our, for our four women listeners here, no, oh, you talk about the man matrix. No, so this one isn't a man matrix. This was a oh, woman who a- this was a woman and she had this she had this box and it was split up into four things and it was like attractive was one box, yep. intelligent was one box, good in bed was one box and faithful was another box. And she said, "You only get 3." <laughs> she said you can only pick 3. Oh, not see that. <laughs> that yeah. one was good. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, there's a man version of the the matrix and basically it's one axis is hot or attractive, and the other axis is money. Oh yeah, that's man, that's an interesting one because I don't I don't necessarily agree. Yeah, there's there's a lot of arguments on that out there, but so. But all right, all right, it's fun. It's fun to watch. It's funny. But. It's funny. Let's get let's get back to um some reasons that people may stay in relationships that they should not necessarily be in. Um, fear of loneliness. I remember seeing a quote the other day that was like um. Until you can be alone without being lonely, you are not ready for a relationship. Yeah. And that means that means alone alone, not like alone for a few hours. That means like until you can live on your own, and this is pot calling kettle black because I've been, you know, in a relationship since I was 17 years old, basically. Um but for real, that that that's a really interesting thing to think about is like a real healthy relationship is two people that have amazing lives that bring those two lives together, mm-hmm. not two people that only have an amazing life together. Yeah. And I see a lot of people that want to be in a relationship just to be in a relationship because of that specific fear of loneliness. But the problem is, is then you're, you have no standards. So you're just taking, you're just adjusting your standards to whoever is giving you the, you know, first opportunity to be in a relationship. Yeah, that's ba- I mean that that's basically what happens, right? Yeah. Um, low self esteem and self worth. There's a lot of people who um, are in poor relationships because they either consciously or subconsciously don't think that they deserve any better, or they don't think they would be able to get any better. Um, social pressure, which is, you know, the, the pressure to kind of search out or pursue specific types of partners, whether it be, you know, a really, a really hot chick or a dude who makes a bunch of money. And then all of a sudden you're in this relationship and you're like, Oh my God, I fucking hate my life. 
because um, I remember a, a, a really real intelligent old boy once told me, um, show me a hot chick and I'll show you a dude that's sick of fucking her. And uh, <laughs> that one, that one's pretty accurate. Um, external validation. You know, you're always looking for somebody to, uh, you, you, you don't want to separate with your partner um, or find a new relationship because the one that you have, everybody thinks is amazing, even though you don't feel that way. Um, anxious people or avoidant attachment styles. Um, there's certain attachment styles that uh, are magnetically drawn to each other, even if it's not um, necessarily the best for either people. Um, generally, the the fear female with the um, fear of abandonment and the male with the long-term fear of commitment are drawn together throughout time there's every you know throughout literature there is this example i mean if you think of odysseus um and him going around for 20 years trying to make it home to penelope and he's you know banging sirens and killing people for 25 years and she is faithful for 25 years And even to the point that he gets home and he kills all of her suitors after, you know, everybody thinks he's dead. He's been gone for 25 years and he gets home and, you know, she has not taken another suitor and everyone that is, that is trying to get, get at her. He just kills them all. And that book is, you know, 500 years old. Right. So those two attachment styles are constantly drawn to each other. Um, Unresolved trauma. That one is, is, is what causes those two people, those, those, love avoidance and love addicted type people. Um, familiarity and comfort zone. I mean, how many people do we know that are, that are comfortable in their relationship? Yeah. They're not happy. They're just comfortable and comfort kills relationships. Yeah. Comfortability ages you the most. Yeah. Speaking of age here, let me insert the, uh, Dr. Ruth question. You asked me. Yes, about. please. She is alive and kicking at 95 years old. That's because she has a lot of banging sex must be i don't know we gotta try to get her on here you know there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that don't know who dr ruth is would you just like would you tell them who she is because i know who she is but i a lot of younger people don't yeah so in the 80s and 90s she was a real popular she's this uh world-renowned psychosexual therapist right yep and ruth westheimer is her name so yeah she would get on to talk shows i think she had her own show too that basically was just people call in it was on like pbs like yeah. You could just watch it on normal TV. Yep. People would call in and she would have the, the person basically live on the phone and answer anything about any questions about sex from erections to, gosh, man, uh, oral. <laughs> These accents. This, this was, lady that's kind of this like old. She was 60 at the time. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, she used to talk openly about it. And she was uh, from Germany, Holocaust survivor, wrote, wrote some books. And uh, I think she was a accredited uh professor doctor I she think. was so um the last one is we we know a lot of chicks that have this problem the fantasy of change um getting into a relationship because you think you can fix somebody right yeah the project dude the project dude and there's plenty of product project chicks too but um limited choice that would be that's something that's amazing that we've kind of evolved in the last 30 years is you now have the ability to meet people, whether it be virtually or through travel 
from all around the world. Whereas 30 to 40 years ago, you're, you were kind of like destined to your little town, you know? Yeah. She did the mail order thing. You could do that that long ago? Yeah. The mail order bride thing has been around, I think since the nineties. Are you serious? Yeah. Possibly eighties, I think. Wow. Well, and you had the, you had the, the newspaper, um, you didn't know what you were going to get. You had the newspaper ads, right? Back in the day, newspaper personals. (laughs) That's right. Um, I know uh, the Neil Strauss. I just finished his book, um, the game again for like the third time. It's a it's an amazing book. It's it's a great read. If you guys haven't if you haven't listened to it or read it, but um, he's a he's a pickup artist and he is talking about how he learned basically the game. And one of the things that he talks about is he did an experimentation with newspaper personal ads and the the trick to a newspaper personal ads is to come off like a dick in the personal ad and then show up and be an actual nice guy. And that's the trick to the best outcome from personal ads. Hmm. Um, Didn't know that about that book. Yeah, dude, that book is great, honestly. But all of his books are really, really good. Um, The Truth, which is the one that came after the game, which is when he's trying to figure out um, what relationship style is best for him and makes him you know, feel most fulfilled. And then emergency, which is his most recent one, which is him basically throwing himself headfirst into kind of the prepper world and learning everything about it, learning about giving up citizenship, learning about how to, you know, basically become your own island and live on your own without any sort of government overveen and stuff like that. That's a really good book, too. Hmm. Um, so if you are if you are guilty of these things, what? can you what can you do to try to cure or fix or just improve right um self-reflection first thing right that's our that's our first kind of bullet point on every one of these is is self-reflection because if you're not aware of what your values are what your desires are what your goals are then how the hell are you ever going to find somebody that aligns with it right yeah um build self-esteem because with confidence and self-esteem, you realize that you will be okay um, no matter what. You, you, you might be better off without the relationship with the partner you have. You might be worse off, but either way, you're going to be fine. And the power that comes with the I will be fine is pretty fucking epic. Um, seek therapy. There's a lot of unresolved trauma and emotional issues that people have that they don't even really realize. Um, they don't even really realize that they have uh, for females. A lot of times it's abandonment issues um, for males. A lot of times it's enmeshment from their mothers um, or abandonment. If they didn't have a father, um, it is self-esteem issues that come for males that didn't have a father um, or whose father left. It is a lot of just just trauma that you have to work through. And if you are um, 35 years old or 40 years old and you've never worked through your trauma, you're really just uh, kind of that arrested development. You're just sitting at that 12, 14, 16, 18 years old emotionally and you're just 20 years longer, but you're not 40 years old. Does that make sense? Yeah. You're really just a you're really just a a, a a big fucking ball of mess that has been on the planet 
for that much longer. And that's what I think that that was a really interesting thing to see as I've grown up. I'd say around 30 to 35, I started to really look around and realize that, that yes, there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of really intelligent people that have grown throughout their lives, but there's a lot of people who are just the damaged, um, baby that they were just with 50 years more experience, but still just as damaged. Yeah. Some people go through their lives in their sixties and seventies and never change. It's just a lack of self, you know, self inventory and lack of uh, self awareness. Yeah. Um, to find boundaries, boundaries are really, really important to make sure that as you either get into a relationship or you're trying to rebuild a relationship or you are trying to um, fix a fucked up relationship, right? When you Mm -hmm. establish boundaries, you give yourself space for you to become the person that you want to be and live true to yourself without um, the relationship hindering your growth. Yeah, and I think that's what we're talking about with the fluctuation of standards for somebody that, you know, is just being in a relationship to be in a relationship. I think if you're very self-aware, you have standards where you want to be physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, right? You're not technically there, but you're working. Those are your goals. But if you uh, don't apply those standards to your relationship, guess what? They're just going to drag you down to their level. So that's that's the thing I always say is about relationships with other people, whether it's uh, you know, love or friendship is, you know, guess what? You're the quality and standards that you have in that relationship are always defaults to the lowest number. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So think about that, yeah. If you're getting in a relationship or in a relationship is, you know, where is your level of standards? Is it being brought down by one person? Because if so, what needs to happen? Consult a trusted friends. Um, I would say be hesitant on friends because they're just as fucked up as you are, more than likely. Um, but they may, they may, in a in a pile of bullshit, there may be a few, you know, beautiful little tidbits of information that they have for you, things that they recognize in your guys' relationship that maybe you are blind to because it's something that you do. And and let's face it, a lot of us are ignorant to our faults. Um, prioritize your well-being. And that means making sure that you are the best you for yourself. And then you are able to bring your best towards the relationship. And then the last one really is just, just learn to be alone. And that was that kind of that, that, that thing that we were talking about earlier with that quote that I had is when you can overcome your fear of loneliness and learning to be completely comfortable with yourself, then you are choosing to be in a relationship because you absolutely want to be there, not necessarily because you have to be there. And that one's a, that one's a really powerful place to be. And I think that's where a lot of, you know, second and third marriages, um, really develop, you know, people take time after a divorce to develop who they truly are. And yes, you are more likely to get divorced if you have already been divorced. That is a very accurate statistic. But I think that the good relationships that come out of that are likely much more powerful because those people 
probably had a lot of work to do and they didn't do it before their first relationship. Yeah. What we're talking about isn't a license to, you know, go for the grass is greener on the other side thinking. I mean, it's more the grass is greener where you water it. So, is that understandable? Yeah, I think that the thing that I don't like about that grass is greener versus grass where you water it statement is that assumes that all grass is the same, right? And realistically, you and I know a lot of people who are in relationships with other people where maybe the next person that they were interested in, that grass might be greener, that grass might be shittier. But realistically, right now, the grass that they are watering doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just shitty grass. You know, whether it be a woman married to a man who is zero self-reflection and has no growth mind or a man that's married to a woman that has zero ability to evolve with the relationship, right? Like, yeah, it, I am not giving you a pass to exit your current relationship. But realistically, only you know if that's what's right or if you're really just a fuck up or she's a fuck up and you guys need to put time and, and effort into it, yeah. right? No, and I, I can give an example of my, my last divorce. It was just uh, the big argument was about core. You know, what's the core value? What What is the substance that we have in the relationship? So you can... You can water grass all the. You can plant grass seed in, into rocky soil, right? Yep. And it's it's never going to grow. You might get a couple weeds, and that's about it. But, and that's what that's what I was trying to say. Yep. And the, yeah, and that's I think a lot of times that's what's not considered in that saying, is that yeah, you you put the effort in and you've tried to make that you know that grass grow, and if it's not at, at some point, you got to call it and say, hey, they're holding you back. It goes back to that that lowest number again. Is what are they, if they're holding you down, then you know what? That's probably a toxic relationship. And you're, and, and the person that keeps watering is probably likely better off by themselves watering their own fucking grass. Right. Than they are watering anyone else's. Yep. Um, so that, I mean, that pretty much covers everything with relationships. It wasn't even supposed to take that long. Um, but then I kind of got into the evolution of monogamy and, and, ruined your guys's heads um lifestyle choices and this one we talk about all the time it's houses cars material possessions anything that is a status symbol that you are um choosing because of the societal norm versus yourself and um what happens here is a lot of people fall ill to external expectations whether it be parents friends um wives right i mean how many men work their ass off and probably women too. It's just a lot less likely work their fucking ass off just to provide a lifestyle that they don't even give a shit about, but it, it, the other person thinks they need it. Yeah. I've seen that. That's brutal. It is. It is. And, and it's more than likely they're living beyond their means anyways. So they're going to end up with a bunch of debt. Um, peer pressure, you know, that we all know what peer pressure is. The fear of judgment, you know, like, if you want to, you know, live in a van down by the river and you and your your spouse or if you're on your own and you think that that's what's best for your family, then you should fucking do it. You shouldn't worry about what other people are going to say or what 
what your, you know, what your church is going to think about, you know, you not providing a, a full house for your family or whatever. Like you should, you should be living true to yourself if it is not hurting other people. And I think that's the, that's the caveat, right? That's the asterisk is, yeah. is if it's not hurting other people. Yeah. I'd say get out of the keeping up the Joneses uh, mentality. Oh, a hundred percent. Um, family influence. We all know, we all know that, that, that story that is old as time of the, you know, the, the father who is living vicariously through the son or the mother who is living vicariously through with mothers. It's, it's, it's never like, um, it's not strictly boys or girls that they're living vicariously through. Um, it's, it's either right. But with, with men, it's, it's, majority of the time it's a son there's a few of the there's a few of the guys who have the daughters who they're trying to like make into the you know the hunter fisher whatever but like most of the time it's the son and the mothers a lot of times what happens and if you guys heard me use the word enmeshment earlier what that is is that is a that's a mother who had a poor relationship with the father and then it has built her son generally usually the oldest son into a basically surrogate spouse for herself, which I'm not talking about incest because it's not sexual, it's emotional, but it's emotionally reliant. It is um, her son is her best friend, blah, blah, blah. Like all of these things create this horrible ability for that man to then have a healthy relationship in the future because of the enmeshment. And that's extremely common in a, in a poor relationship. So while getting a divorce isn't necessarily the best, um, these women who are unable to survive on their own and refuse to leave a shitty man and then enmesh their sons create a whole nother generation of trauma. Right. And then likely their sons are never able to realize that they are doing it and they create a whole nother generation of trauma and it's just trauma creating trauma creating trauma um fuck how did i even get into that oh family influence that's how i got into that um materialism we talked about the the comfort zone issue right the i'm comfortable where i'm at so i am not going to i guess step away mm-hmm. from you know from the cars, the money, the clothes, the house payment, like I'm comfortable. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to have to worry about, um, not fitting in, not being cool, not having the next possession. Whereas, you know, you and I've talked about it and I know, um, I think it was Seneca, the, one of the famous Stoics that would create periods of, or uh, engineered periods of hardship for himself where he would go a month and live on very little money and bread and water. And it would be these times where he forced himself to live in hardship so that he realized how much of what he was doing in his everyday life was just for comfort versus need. And I love that idea. Um, Insecurity and self-doubt, lack of self-awareness. The external comparison, and I think that one is that one is prevalent in our society today because of the social media 
we're continually comparing ourselves to others and we are only comparing ourselves because of the social media aspect to everyone else's highlight reel, right? We are thinking about the guy at work that has the cool truck, but then also thinking about the other guy at work or the guy at football practice who has the hot wife and then thinking about the other guy from the gym who has the great job and we're not we're basically creating one us versus them but them is 20 different people who have one awesome aspect of their life but because we see it as us one versus them one they are a single individual that has 20 amazing aspects of their life but really it's 20 different people and we ignore what we're good at or what we have right yeah cost of comparison um we can improve these things, you know, the self-reflection, set priorities, make sure that you and your family and your, with your spending and your time investment, you have priorities and values that you are in line with. Are you trying to save money um, to either benefit your family in the long run or to get yourself out of debt, but you're constantly spending more money on, you know, that next $300 pair of shoes or that next gun or that next whatever are you getting yourself in a shittier situation $300 at a time whereas you could be saving $300 at a time and 10 times $300 is $3000 versus when you spend it it's only 300 right yeah um challenge your assumptions that one's a that one's an interesting one what are your assumptions or beliefs about what successful or fulfilling lifestyles look like? Do you, do you even know what you personally think um, success is or personally think what fulfilling is? Do you, do you know those things? Are you aware of them and are they accurate? Uh, consult trusted advisors. I think this one is awesome. If you find some, some older people who have had a lot more years on this planet and ask them those questions because the book, um, the regrets of the dying or the eight regrets of the dying or whatever it is, the Brownie Ware book. Yeah. She, she is a palliative care. Um, she's not a nurse, but a palliative care specialist that interviewed all these people as they were dying and asked them, you know, what, what they would have done differently in life. And it's never, I wish I would have bought more cars or earned more money. You know, it's all about experiences and love is what it's all about. And if you have people in your life that you can talk to about that, that's an that's an awesome thing to see someone who looks back at something that they've done and tells you don't don't do it this way, you know? Yeah. Hey, there's no U-Hauls at funerals, just people, right? Yeah, that's right. Um step out of your comfort zone, don't be a floor don't be afraid to explore lifestyle choices that may push you outside of your comfort zone. Um, you know, whether it be, whether it be, you know, uh, living in a, in an alternative lifestyle type environment or whether it be an alternative lifestyle relationship or whether it be an alternative work lifestyle, right? Maybe you don't have one, um, steady income earning job, but you have 10 different jobs that you fluctuate back and forth and you make, enough money to, to survive, but you also are more fulfilled with your time. Um, don't, don't be, don't be afraid to, to be uncomfortable, right? Prioritize your well-being. um, be mindful with your decision-making and 
learn to say no. Embrace the power of saying no to commitments or choices that do not align with your true self. Your boundaries are essential for authenticity. And that is, you know, that's the extent of what we have for today. There is, you know, there's being being uh, true to yourself in your political beliefs because that one I think that we see so much today with the regurgitation of extreme ideas, whether it be on the right or the left because of social media, that very few people are being actually true to what they believe in their hearts because they're just regurgitating um, the last talking points, right? Mm-hmm. Um, educational choices, consumerism, self-image, these are all things that kind of fall into the top of what we have talked about. But no matter what, the whole goal of this entire three-part series was to get you guys to look at how you're spending your time, look at how you're spending your money, look at what you're doing with your career, what you're doing with your relationships, what you're doing with your lifestyle. And in a roundabout way, we are creating over the last three episodes almost a workflow chart or a worksheet of self-reflection, right? That's really what we did. Correct. So um, if you guys need to, if you need to go back through, if you want to reach out to me, I can just send you the notes. Um, But really it is being aware of what you're doing with your time, what you're doing with your money, and what you're doing with your heart and your brain, and making sure that all of those things are in line with the true person you want to be and not just doing it because it's what you've always done or it's what society expects you to do or it's what your friends expect you to do or even it's what your spouse expects you to do. Because realistically, if you are rolling over and doing just what your husband or wife wants you to do, you're not being true to yourself and that's not a good relationship and you're not going to have live a happy life. That whole happy wife, happy life, that's bullshit. That's a one-way street, man. That's right. You got anything else? Mm, no. No. A lot of interesting stuff, stuff that's head spinners. Yeah, and there, and there is a lot in there. And, and, you know, I know that I am not the best at distilling a lot of these ideas down to tight, actionable points because I go on these little bit of rants. But these rants are kind of how my brain works because thinking about the alternative situations is how I'm able to say, oh, that fits, that doesn't fit. That fits, that doesn't fit. So um, maybe just mute me and listen to Martin if you need just tighter, direct points. Like the hot, crazy matrix. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, but I mean, my big point would probably be is everything boils down to what? what we're about, right? Getting squared away. It's having those standards, you know, having that self-awareness before you get into, you know, these relationships, right? That's right. And, you know, you got to, you have to be, it's not just this, uh, what's the saying, you know, if you're happy with yourself, then you can be happy with somebody, somebody else. It goes so much 
more deeper than that. You have to think of the substance and the fabric of your life and the lifestyle that you choose and use that to establish the standards before you decide to complicate it by bringing somebody else in it that, guess what, is going to have their hands in that fabric too. So, um, yeah, it just really takes some uh, deep time to yourself if, you know, you are in that position. If you are already in one, I would say that, hey, you need to sit down and, you know, sometimes it's just sitting down and have a family plan, right, of having or a relationship plan of what these are the goals that, you know, we strive to do together. Or if that person's not interested, maybe you got some rocky soil. I don't know. I think a really cool, um, I think a really cool experiment if you were ever um, single and looking to get back in another relationship would be as you get to know someone and you think, hey, this person seems like they could be a good fit, right? What if you each took a weekend, right? It doesn't need to be a long thing, but you each took one weekend um, and you stayed apart and you each spent a few hours a day for those two days writing your own biography as if you were dead, right? And what you want your biography to to hit. And it doesn't need to be a detailed thing, but like what what you want to be said about you at your funeral or what you want, what you would want to be your storybook of your life. This is what this person accomplished. This is what they experienced. This is who they were as a human being. And then come back and see how much of what you wrote about your life aligns with what they wrote about their life. Yeah. That would that would be a really interesting experiment to do. But you got to do it early enough that when you read their book of their life and you go fuck no that doesn't fit, you can still walk away and you're it, you're not you're not engaged, right? Like engaged is a little bit too late to do that experiment. Yeah. No, that's that's a good idea. I mean, I, I'd piggyback on that if you also want to do the, you know, the squared away, you know, what are, go write out what your standards of each corner is, you know, what's, what's your picture of a spiritual lifestyle for you? What's your picture of, a, you know, emotional lifestyle? What's your physical lifestyle? What's your mental lifestyle? And then come together and compare. Cause maybe guess what? You're on two different roads, two different journeys. Or maybe there's a lot of similarities that you can build off of, but until you put it down in front of you, you're not going to know. And both of you have to be true to yourself. You can't, you can't be afraid to write something because you're afraid she's not going to align with it. Yeah. And she can't be afraid to write something because she's afraid that you are not going to align with it. Maybe it's not good at the honeymoon stage to do that. No, 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 no. That's why I said it has to be, a li- <laughs> it has to be, it has to be um, post, <laughs> post honeymoon, pre uh, living together, engaged finances. It has to be at a point. It has to be a point where, where you aren't scared to be who you are, but you also could walk away if you if you figured out that you don't that you don't align. Yeah, because gosh, that'd be awful. <laughs> Get your picture one that was done during the honeymoon stage. No, you'd be like, <laughs> you'd be like trying to morph to the other person. Dude, I almost bought I almost bought a horse because of a chick when I was like 17 years old. A horse? A fucking horse. Why would you buy a horse? That's a really good fucking question because this chick was super fucking hot and horse chicks are crazy and the hot crazy matrix and I was like I could be a horse guy. I could ride a horse. I'm going to get a horse. Going to buy a horse to impress a girl, huh? Yeah, I was a fucking idiot. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's going the extra mile. All right, that's a wrap. All right. Oh, yeah.